everybody. Welcome back to East Coast Haunts. I am MK. And I am Sam. And we are here to bring you our first ever mini-series. <laughs> Thank you. That was, like <laughs> that was little, an air horn. Yeah, air horn, yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. Today's installment is all about the Salem Witch Trials. Oh, I am excited for this one. I don't know. Excited isn't really the right word because this is such a crazy time in history and obviously came with like a lot of death and and tragedy, but the background is insane. It's so interesting. Researching this, I had no idea like the extent to which there are which. <laughs> to witch. <laughs> Every time we say witch in this episode, we're gonna be like witch. Oh. So I think the yeah, the amount of like political and gender and uh like religious. economic religious yes. it's just it goes so deep and it's so interesting and it's also just like the definition of a cautionary tale because stuff like this happens it does all the time. And if we're not careful I could see, obviously not this happening again, mm-hmm. but I could see something like this happening again. Stuff like this happening. Where so, everyone's just getting blamed for something. I went to, my family and I went to Salem. Yes, you this sure is a did. Quick little tangent. My senior year of college, for some reason on East over Easter break, we went to Salem, Massachusetts. <laughs> Which, actually, now that you say that, I feel like our family has like a very fun history of doing like historic sites over yes. Easter break. Yes, over Easter. And I'm just like, this is the opposite. Like, this is like, we're supposed to be like, it's like a religious holiday and we're going to like this like witchy like place. <laughs> but we had so much fun. We had the best time. It was so interesting and educational. But there was a part... I'm, you know, I'm going to save it for the end of this episode, but there was a part of this one museum about, it was, I think it was called the Witch Museum Creative, <laughs> um, where they talk about, like, modern day witch hunts, and, like, they give so many examples, and it's so interesting. Well, yeah, because, I mean, the term witch hunt is literally, is, is now a term in the common vernacular. Yeah. Like, it's... You know, you're like, oh, this is a witch Every, hunt. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the episode of The Office? Are you thinking of what I'm thinking of? Gay witch hunt. Oh my God. You're talking oh about? my God. <laughs> when I, I hear the word episode. witch hunt, that's what I think of. Yeah. You know what? I think of the Donald Trump quote where he's like, this is the worst witch hunt against a politician like ever. And then like the governor of Salem like tweeted back. Oh, I remember him. that. I remember that. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Back when Trump was like on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> back <laughs> so when this he was, was a man. long time yeah. ago. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, first, before we get into this, yes. I want to thank our newest Patreon, Jamie. Mr. Thank Jamie. Thank you so much. Thank you for subscribing to us. And if you guys are interested in donating to our Patreon, we've got our horror movie review series up and running now. We've got three episodes up and we're yeah. filming a fourth tonight. We sure are. And honestly, you guys... The more Patreons we get, the cooler stuff we'll be able to do in the future. Yeah. We might be able to take a trip to some of these places in real life. And that might be a little hint for something that's coming up on our channel. Something that's in the works. But uh, enough about that. Enough about that. Let's get into the Salem Witch Trials of 1692. 1692. Uh, So I'm going to take you through a brief summary very basic timeline and then sam is going to get into some of the bigger key characters Mm -hmm. more in depth 
and then some of the theories as to why this all happened. Yes. So this should be really exciting because I, I'm so interested to hear about the theories. There are a lot of them. Some of them are fully disproven. Some of them are like, yeah, that was most likely, but most likely it was a mix of a bunch of things that went I'm wrong. I'm sure, yeah. But let's get into it, MK. Okay, so the Salem witch trials were a series of prosecutions of supposed witches in colonial Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it began in February 1692 and it lasted until May 1693. Okay. Which is when the last of the accused were released from jail. Okay. It is the deadliest witch hunt in the history of North America, which I found interesting because I thought it was the only one. Yeah. And it was very much so not. Not the only one, yeah. But more executions occurred in this year in Massachusetts than the entirety of the 17th century. Wow. Outside of this year. The Salem witch trials followed the Connecticut or Hartford witch trials, which lasted from 1647 to 1663. So that's already, there was right before the Salem ones, there was a Connecticut. It was about 30 years before it ended. But this is weird. I'll I'll get into that in a second, why it's weird that Salem even had a witch But that... Hartford witch trials begin with the execution of Alice Young okay. in 1647, and there were 37 accusations and 11 executions. Wow, okay. So not as many as the Salem witch trials, no. but still a lot. The Salem witch trials were the deadliest. Yes. Uh, over 200 people were accused of being witches, and of the 30 that were found guilty, 20 were executed. Wow. Which is crazy. So of those 20, there were 14 women and 6 men executed, and then an additional, like, 13, give or so, give or take, uh, were died in jail. Okay. Uh, they were housed, those who were arrested were housed in the basements of jails, and they were chained and waited so their specter couldn't escape. And what is a specter? They their ghost. Okay. So they're, like, evil spirit couldn't escape okay. if they just so happened to die in jail. Okay. They thought that by chaining the body. Yeah. But of course. Um, two dogs were also executed during the <gasps> Salem witch trials, which Why? is uh, horrific because they thought they were witches. Oh. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a common belief back then that for some reason they were like, dogs have a close relationship with the devil. Mm, honestly, my dog Kiwi does. Probably. She'd be cray. <laughs> She'd be cray. My dog definitely made a deal with the devil to oh, get out. Oh, Ted? <laughs> well, first of all, his name. Well, I guess I can't say his full name. You can. My my name is on the Instagram. Uh, that's true. That's true. Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski. If your dog is named Ted Kaczynski, he has already made a pact with the devil, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> he made a pact with the devil to get out of the ASPCA. <laughs> to get adopted into a nice, loving home. Yes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ted Kaczynski was the Unabomber, who was like a serial killer that yes. was active uh, in like the 80s and the 90s. But his name was Ted before the yes. Kaczynskis adopted him. My family does not have that sick of a sense of no. humor. No, 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 don't worry. Anyway, so yes, two dogs were executed. Uh, 19 of the 20 that were executed uh, were done so by hanging at Proctor's Ledge on Gallows Hill, which was at the bottom of Gallows Hill. Mm -hmm. And it was done there because it was like a big central viewing area in town. They loved their public hangings. They really did. Isn't it also super interesting how they didn't burn at the stake? Because I feel like the general idea is that like oh like the witches burned at the stake i'm gonna tell you why they did okay yeah if do you know why they didn't 
what? Like, didn't want to kill them or something? No. I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. So, 19 of the 20 that were executed were executed by hanging. But one man, Giles Corey... JC! Was executed... I mean, GC! <laughs> <laughs> uh, one man, Giles Corey, was executed by crushing. And if you don't know what that is, it's really horrific. I, are you sure it's not pressing? It's it, either. Okay. Executed by crushing, pressing. Okay. Uh... You would place stones or, like, heavy weights on a person's chest. And it was mostly for, like, coercion into confession. But Giles refused to enter a plea. Mm -hmm. So he didn't maintain that he was innocent, but he also didn't admit that he was guilty. Uh, And either their chest would collapse or they would suffocate. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, burning at the stake is, like, that's, like, what people think about when they think about witch yeah, hunts. but that no was one was. only in Europe. Okay. Oh, okay. And it was only acceptable to burn men because women couldn't be naked in public. But and they would course. have to burn them without clothes. Oh. Wow, Horrific. okay. Horrific. Uh, it's the European way. So, <laughs> like, I feel like most people know that the Puritans were the ones that were really behind the Salem witch trials. Yes. The Catholics were the ones behind the witch trials in Europe, and they were the ones that preferred burning at the stake because no blood was spilled, and there was also no body for burial. So if you know, like, Catholic... Oh. uh, Catholicism says, like, if you're buried, then it's, like, judgment day. Yeah. But if there's no body to bury... There's no judgment day. Exactly. So then they can't get... They can't return to hell or okay. whatever. You know? Oh, wow. Okay. Very interesting. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, one weird note, women who confessed to practicing witchcraft, so those who were who pled guilty, yeah. were not executed and instead were reintegrated into society. Yeah. But those who confessed likely did so to save their lives. And when they did confess, they would say, oh, no, I'm not, or yes, I am a witch. It's true. But you know who's also a witch? This girl and this girl. And they would say, okay, thank you so much. They can go back go. into society. But and then all... these two others would be on the hook, you know? Yeah, but we're also going to take your land and you're going to be homeless for the rest oh, yeah. of your life. Well, yeah. that was a given. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the 1600s. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Salem. Okay, let's... America was a bit behind the times. Okay. So witch trials were, like, out in Europe. They were so 1500s. They were, you know... They left them behind yeah. in the 16th century. And they were declining in the American colonies, which okay. is weird. That's why it's weird that, that it happened. this yeah. happened at all. Uh, but basically, people, shockingly, were sick of uprooting their everyday lives to prosecute innocent people, and they just adapted stronger governments. Mm-hmm. But, Sounds like a good solution. Yeah. So, to plant the seed, so to speak, yes. in 1668, a man named Joseph Glanville released a book called Against Modern Sagicism. Okay. And I hope I'm saying that right. Sagicism is an ancient Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Sagicism is an ancient Jewish sect that denied the resurrection of Jesus Christ and did not believe in that afterlife. Right. So in this book, Glanville claimed to have proven the existence of an afterlife, a supernatural realm, spirits, and witches. That's a lot of big claims, sir. His main selling point was if you deny the existence of demons and witches, you also deny the existence of God and angels because they exist in the same realm. According to who? Him? According to him. Okay. But it was corroborated by Cotton Mather, a (laughs) 
Cotton. Cotton Mather, a Puritan clergyman and Harvard-educated writer. Listen, but that was like the only college at the time. I, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if so you were in like, Massachusetts, you probably go, and a white male, you were going yeah, to Harvard. Yeah, you were going to Harvard. So it's like not as impressive nowadays. No, anyway, if your name is Cotton, I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to any listeners named Cotton. <laughs> but Cotton Mather was like super hypocritical. Yeah. Because he was like, the devil doesn't die. Like, the devil can't die. Evil can't be killed. But then why are we supporting hanging witches if you're literally just... Because they're females. Okay, yes. Well, like, six of them were men. Yeah, but, true. But it kind of reminds me of that quote from Ed Warren that's like, sometimes it's better to keep the evil spirit in the vessel. Yeah. They were like, one time someone was like, oh, why would you not just burn Annabelle? Yeah. And he was like, well, that's not going to destroy the spirit. It's just going to destroy the vessel. Exactly. And sometimes it's better to just keep them contained. Exactly. So why are we killing people and and the fact and and even and it's like you know that most of them didn't even believe these women were actually witches no they were just going along with it so that they didn't get executed so it's just like i don't know yucky people it really a lot about this doesn't sit right with me obviously doesn't sit right (laughs) with a lot of people and empath (laughs) sensing sensing that the the witch witch trials were were bad vibes yeah no um personally i wouldn't let that slide if i (laughs) personally i would just stop them (laughs) but i feel like this whole thing could have been avoided if people used some critical thinking skills and i know that wasn't very common back in the 17th century seriously but um maybe grow some morals too yeah but but their morals were so twisted like the puritan oh oh believe me we're gonna get into it a little bit all right so let's talk about the climate of Salem at the time of the trials. All Not right. actually like the weather climate, but... Like we will get religious, into that, though. <laughs> we will, actually, ironically. The religious and political climate. Okay. So the Massachusetts Bay Colony, which if you've ever taken a U.S. history class, you've heard. It's etched in your brain forever. Oof, was chartered in 1629, and it was intended to be a, quote, Bible-based colony. Okay. So James II, who was an English king, installed Sir Edmund Andros in 1684, but he was removed after the Glorious Revolution in England when James II was replaced with William and Mary, mm-hmm. and that was when they sort of started seeing the shift from Catholic to Protestant. Okay. So through the 1680s and the 1690s, there was a series of wars with the Native American tribes in the New England area, and when I say wars i mean that the settlers there were aggressively taking their land and mm-hmm. the native americans were fighting back of course uh as they should Seems as is their right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and those were the wabanaki and the wampanoag tribes okay i hope i'm saying those right but it led to the abandonment of some settlements in northern new england so there was a migration of settlers into salem village and salem town okay so Shockingly, that caused a very divided town because there was this very prosperous part of town and that was people that were benefiting from the wealth that the port of Salem brought in. Mm -hmm. And then there was an impoverished farming village um, because agriculture in northern New England is no bueno. um, Especially because they were having some climatological issues. Issues. (laughs) And am I right that the village was for the rich people and the town was for the poorer people. I believe yes. Okay, cool. Yes. That's what I thought. 
So it further divided citizens who wanted to separate from the authority of town officials. And then the Puritans came in and they were like, it's got to be the devil causing this rift. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else. No. You know. Yeah. The no. devil. Yeah. You know how he'd be causing rifts between the, <laughs> the rich and the poor. That's It's all him, baby. Uh, so <laughs> there was a new charter sent for the uh, province of Massachusetts Bay, which is basically the Massachusetts Bay colony, but larger. Okay. Then there were these two influential people there, the Mathers, who we already talked about, Cotton, mm-hmm. and his father, Increase, was his name. Stop it. Increase. Increase and Cotton? Yes. Were they, like, just naming, were they, like, going to a dictionary and, like, closing their eyes and, like, Maybe. opening to a random page? <laughs> Maybe. Increase and Cotton. Increase okay. and Cotton. Um, you'll, like, come to see, I think, that, obviously you already know this. Yeah. Because you did the... Uh, influential figures, but yeah, everyone is either named like Sarah or Mary or Elizabeth. Like they really were <laughs> or <not> increase. <laughs> or, and then you have someone like increase. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Uh, uh, anyway, Salem was on something back in the day. Yes, but increase bragged that he like handpicked the province of Massachusetts Bay government. Okay, and the government was a Puritan theocracy. I don't like the sound of that. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, I think we've... History's pretty much proven that theocracies yeah. never work. So uh, it's also not a coincidence that both Increase and Cotton had books on witchcraft. Okay. Mm, interesting. So Increase uh, heavily suggested Samuel Paris be appointed the ordained minister during, and he was... The minister during the witch trials. He was appointed in 1689. Yes. And because this was a theocracy, church figures had absolute authority over everything and everyone. Yeah. Right. And Paris was not only like, you know, the, the head honcho of the church, but wasn't he? He also was like a big person in the trials. Like he would like direct oh, yes. the trials basically, yeah. right? Yeah. He was a judge, b- jury, and executioner. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the, the one guy who is the executioner yeah. was like, the sheriff and interrogator as well. Like, they yeah. had one person doing For everything. all the dirty work. But we'll <sighs> talk about him So in many a things went wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, Samuel Paris comes on the scene, and he complicates things even more when it comes to, like, the division between the town and the village. Right. So he is demanding compensation for being this minister and he's also demanding that the deed to the local clergy house is transferred into his name so it's just like his house okay it's not very that's not very godly of him no so citizens stop contributing to his salary because (laughs) of his rigid ways and greedy hands yeah fair enough in addition to all of this going on there was a small smallpox outbreak previous to the trials. Okay. And Cotton Mather came out and was like, it's, you know, it's not just a disease that's, you know, spreading and they don't know this because it's 1692. Yeah. But uh, it was this queen of hell over here, Martha Carrier. Oh. No, sir. She brought this plague upon us. Martha. Classic Martha. I know, really. But she was blamed because she had a, quote, independent and dominant, it was actually, like, non-submissive personality. Ah, she's a little bit of a dominatrix out there. By Puritan standards, which probably just means that she, like, 
<laughs> she probably said no one time yeah. to a man, and they were like, she's too independent. Like, she gave us smallpox. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if they had access The queen then. of hell. <laughs> <laughs> Overreaction of the century. So now, let's talk about the gender context. Oh, yeah. Let's get into the fun stuff. So, how progressive of them. Puritans believed that in the eyes of God, men and women were equal. That's where I disagree. No, <laughs> uh, this is bullshit mm-hmm. because there is just this like little tiny clause in there that says that men and women are not equal in the eyes of the devil. <gasps> and the devil sees women's souls as more susceptible and easier prey. Which is literally could not be farther from. Like, look at how many... Do I even want to get into this? Adam like... and Eve, baby. Eve was corrupted first. I know, but like if you actually look at statistics, I just have a feeling <laughs> that significantly more men commit evil crimes than women. That's a bold I could point. be wrong. That's but I'm almost positive that's correct. Right? Women are corruptible. So, anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I'm sure it was the devil that uh, came up with that bright idea that yeah. women have weaker, but of course. weaker morals than men. But, coincidentally... Women who did not conform to societal norms were more likely to be accused, so unmarried, or if they had no children, yeah. which is so unfair, because you have to think, back in the 17th century, there, the healthcare was, like, non-existent. Yeah. As I'm going to talk about it in a second. There was one town doctor, mm-hmm. right? And he was sus. Like, he didn't know what he was doing. So, also, there was inbreeding. So, we have to imagine that at least some of these women are, like, infertile. Yeah, of course. Right? So the fact that they can't have children and then on top of that they're like they're like, well you must be a witch because you can't have a child. Like care girl while she's down. Exactly. So the women who had a short temper or fiery personality were said to have been momentarily taken over by the devil. Okay. So um I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that there are some certain females in our family that, based off of that claim alone, probably would have not have made it through the witch trial. Because they get overtaken by the devil, like, once every two days. Couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then women who spoke out against the witch trial. Well, of course, yes. yes. But, uh, anyway, that, that was, was the devil. targeted. So. Yep, of course. So let's get into how this... Hysteria started. Okay, yeah. Let's get into it, yeah. Get into it, yeah. So, February 1692, Samuel Paris's daughter, Elizabeth Paris, mm-hmm. age nine, and his niece, Abigail Williams, age 11, start having fits. Yes. And we're not talking temper tantrums. We're talking screaming, throwing objects around the room growling and making strange noises the og furries yes (laughs) (laughs) and contorting their bodies oh they claim to have been pricked by invisible needles okay so samuel paris is like calls up his boy a local doctor william griggs who rationalized that the only reasonable explanation was, in fact, supernatural. Yes. Because there were, they were showing no physical ailments. Yeah. So, you know, obviously the devil has a hand And also it. doctors in the 1600s, like, <laughs> what even were they? I, I don't know. So, no offense. Anne Putnam, age 11, and Elizabeth Hubbard, 
17. Okay. Were other young girls in the village that ironically started having the same similar episode. Okay. Interesting. They would go to like, uh, I guess like their church services and they would interrupt the sermons with like these violent outbursts. Okay. Awkward. And all the accusers were women. Well, not all of them, but like the main instigators. Like young women. Yes. Like under 18. From ages 20 and down. Okay. And their names were Elizabeth Booth, Mercy Lewis, Susanna Sheldon, Mary Walcott, and Mary Warren, in addition to the four that we've okay. named. Uh, on February 29th, so leap year, fun, fun little leap Oh my year. gosh, you're right, that's funny. I know. Magistrates who were like, I had to look that up because I didn't know exactly what a magistrate yeah. was. They're town officials. Okay, yeah, I was going to so say, like, I know it's something like There's fancy. just supposed to be like law. The magistrate. Men of the law. Of course. Um, Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne were able to get the afflicted girls to identify the witches who were cursing them. Who could it be? I wonder. Jonathan Corwin was the uh, quote-unquote sheriff, right. I guess, at the time. He arrested, imprisoned, tortured, and executed the accused. Okay. That was his job. Quite a resume. Dream job. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine writing a cover letter for that. Oh, my God. Uh, so those... The girls, the four girls that were uh, suffering from these fits, yeah. identified Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tichiba as the witches that were cursing them. Right. So Sarah Good was homeless, pregnant, and destitute at the time of the accusation. Mm-hmm. She had a poor reputation because she did not, quote, adhere to the Puritan ideals of self-control and dip- discipline okay and this was said of her because she would have to beg the neighbors for food okay uh yeah so magistrates interviewed her four-year-old daughter okay and if you've ever talked to a four-year-old depending on the four-year-old it's like pulling teeth they do be making literally no sense they make no sense yeah they're shy most of the time yeah um and they took her timid answers to their questions as a sign of sarah's supernatural manipulation and equated it to a confession. Have of, they ever spoken to a four-year-old? Obviously not. Probably not. I don't know. So Sarah Good did end up being executed, as did Sarah Osborne, who was a local townswoman who, again, had a rough reputation. She had a bad reputation because she didn't attend church services, and she was on her second marriage, <gasps> and this second marriage was to an indentured servant. <gasps> the scandal! I know. They also didn't like her because she controlled her son's inheritance from her first marriage. And I guess at that time, if you were born a male, you were just expected to have control over any money. How dare she? How dare she try to help her son's finances? God, I know. What a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Last one was Tichiba, which if you know anyone's name, it's probably either her or like John Proctor. Yeah. Um, And she was an enslaved woman from Barbados, and she worked for the Paris family and often told Abigail and Elizabeth stories that originated in Barbados. Mm-hmm. So obviously, this like ethnic expression, Outsider. yeah, ethnic expression of her culture did not uh, go well with the Puritans because they blew up these like literal bedtime stories yeah into like sexual tales of seductive demons and like fortune telling yeah. and like all this godless nonsense 
Uh, so starting on March 1st, 1692, the interrogation of those three women started and lasted several days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne both maintained their innocence, which was, as we talked about before, a mistake yeah. in the Salem Witch Trials. Because if they had just confessed, they yeah. would have just let him go. Tichaba, however, confessed to being a witch. And this is, it's widely accepted that she was probably beaten. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah. A confession was likely beaten. A quote-unquote confession. Yeah, like, right. So, she has a famous quote in which she said, The devil came to me and bid me serve him. Mm-hmm. And she told this elaborate story about signing the devil's book and described, like, vivid visions of the devil. And, like, mm-hmm. in these visions there were, like, dogs, which I guess didn't help the dogs case yeah. later on, whatever. <laughs> And so all three of them were thrown in jail. Right. In March, so the next month, Martha Corey, who was a local townswoman, uh, raised the question. She was like, hmm, are these like 11-year-old girls really, really credible? Big mistake, Martha. You're next. And so the girls didn't like that. So they accused her and she was jailed. It's like this is like a foolproof way like, they, they could literally get rid of anyone by just saying, you're a witch, and then it's done. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Way too much power. See, But here's the kicker about Martha Corey, is that she was an avid member of the church in Salem Village. Mm-hmm. So people were like, oh. Like, like, oh, like, if this one's a witch, then who else is a witch? Exactly. Then, in March, Dorothy Good, who was the aforementioned four-year-old daughter of Sarah Good. Yes. Uh, was accused by Anne Putnam. And Anne Putnam is... Obnoxious. Yes. The main instigator, yeah. I would say. One of the main instigators. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this four-year-old was locked alone in a dungeon for nine months. <gasps> they hung her mother. And they put out a $50 bail. Which, back in the day... Was, was probably a ton of money. Yes. And by the time her father was able to raise the money and get her out of jail... The psychological damage had already been done. They said that, like, she yeah. was pretty much, in, like, mentally insane. Yeah. She didn't stand a chance. The next person who was accused was uh, Rebecca Nurse. Okay. And she was another upstanding member of the church. So, again, people were like, mm-hmm. if she's a witch, every, anyone could be one. Yeah. But the funny thing about her is she had a feud with the Putnam family over <laughs> border boundaries, and she outwardly spoke out against Samuel Paris. And Paris and the Putnams are huge players in the whole Salem Witch Trial. Oh, so yeah. it's like if you got on the wrong side of either of those families, like you're going to be you're accused done. of witchcraft all of a sudden. You're done. Yeah. You're, you're done. done. So Rebecca Nurse was actually found not guilty but as soon as they read the verdict out loud in court, yeah, the like eleven-year-old girls that had accused her like hammed it up, and they were like, "Oh, I'm so spirit. She's hurting me. She's biting me." And the jury reconsidered and then found her guilty. What little brats! I hate them. Like I yeah, literally hate they're them. They're horrible. Yeah. Uh, then there was a lady named Rachel Clinton who had been previously charged with witchcraft and she was brought in like from a nearby village like not salem (laughs) extradited and (laughs) and she was charged on like independent charges like the the girls didn't accuse her but they were just like oh she's a witch okay you know whatever she had nothing to do with the afflicted girls but they arrested her just these girls are bored just because 
Just for funsies. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sarah Cloyce was the next arrest, and she was Rebecca Nurse's sister. Okay. Runs in the family. Uh, that's funny, because a lot of these do. Yeah. A lot of them run in the family. Elizabeth Proctor, uh, and then John Proctor. Of course, the famous King. golden couple. King. Came to, yes. like, court, and he, <laughs> he threatened to, like, beat the afflicted children. They were like, like a 10 year old lying. <laughs> he was like, they're lying. <laughs> Do you know that scene in Stranger Things where he's like, where Will is like laying in the hospital bed. He's like, he's lying. He's lying. <laughs> that was John Proctor. Yes. Except he was threatening to beat up children. He was like, I'll hit you. And then they were like, Bad move, buddy boy. They're like, now you're what do you think too. was going to happen when you said this? Just wondering. So John Proctor actually like recognized that there was hysteria setting in, in yes. Salem. And he wrote to like the Boston legal system. He yeah. was like, can we move the trials to Boston? Yeah, because so obviously no one's going to get, a, get fair a fair trial. trial. Exactly. And they wrote him back and they were like, uh, we can try, but like it's too late for you. So he was executed. Yeah. He was one of the only level-headed people in this whole thing. He really was. And it's very sad that he got executed. I know. For standing by his wife. But, his, but his wife husband. his wife survived it. Yes. Luckily. Queen. She had her son um, while she was in jail. So her execution was like postponed because she was pregnant. And then after she had her son, I guess they just decided to release her. Love that for her. I know, right? Oh, Great queen. timing in a way. But also horrible timing. But good timing in a way. Yeah. Because like losing your husband, I feel like... In the seventeenth century, for women, yeah, like, I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing for their like rights. Cause probably bad. Cause I mean, now she's always going to be seen as a witch, and you know, what oh I yeah, mean? her name is dragon. Yeah, so it's like she's not going to like inherit any land. I wouldn't think or anything like that. Yeah. Um. Then there was a fourteen-year-old girl named Abigail Hobbs who was accused. Her mother Aww. or her stepmother, Deliverance Hobbs, was also accused. Deliverance. And then. William Hobbs, her father, was also later accused. Ooh, a family affair once again. Um, then there was an 18-year-old girl named Mary Warren, and she was a servant in the Proctor house and previous accuser. Ah! Just, like, Karma's a bitch, a, as they say. Kind of got a taste <laughs> of her own medicine there. But Mary, Abigail, and Deliverance uh, all confessed and began naming accomplices. Okay, mm, okay. Sarah Wilds, uh, who was the wife of Judge John Wilds, okay. she already had a bad reputation for fornicating out of wedlock <gasps> and for wearing a silk scarf. What? Like a slut. A floozy. <laughs> Hussy. Now. Um, and she was executed. Okay. <laughs> she should be for that fashion crime. God. <laughs> then there was... Nehemiah Abbott Jr., Mary Eastie, who was the third sister of Rebecca Nurse and Sarah Cloyce. Wow. So talking about running in the family. Yeah. Uh, Edward Bishop and his wife, Sarah Bishop. Okay. Mary English. And then now, that was just in April. Now we're moving into May. Wow. Um, Elizabeth Howe, who was uh, previously been accused of witchcraft, she was executed... And then George Burroughs, who was just, like, this man vibing, and he got brought into, he got accused yeah. and brought into the court, and the judge of all people was like, he's wearing an invisibility cloak. 
what in the Harry and Potter? Afflicting, afflicting these girls. Uh, he was a minister. Okay. This is where the Puritans like kind of start not not start, but they contradict themselves. Yeah. So there was this belief that witches could not recite the Lord's Prayer. Okay. Because like something would stop, like some holy force would stop okay. them from doing it. But, but right before he was hung, he recited the Lord's Prayer perfectly. And they were like, besides that. And they were like, anyway. Uh oh. But like you're just kidding when we said they're that. like we're not gonna waste a good yeah. a good gallo set yeah but everyone's so. everyone's out for the day here to watch the entertainment yeah can't disappoint the fans uh there was Susanna Martin okay who was charged with infanticide and oh. then executed okay um on May twenty seventh Governor William Phipps ordered the establishment of the special court of Oyer and Terminer okay which uh had eight judges. And it was kind of like a little boys group. Like, yeah. they would meet in the uh, taverns around Salem. That sounds fair. And the first person that they convicted and sentenced to death was Bridget Bishop. And she was known for being, like, a town gossip and a seductive lady. Oh! Which, like, I don't know, maybe this is, like, ignorant of me, but, like, how were people seductive in a time where they had to wear, like, six skirts? She had that silk scarf going on. This is not that silk scarf. I know, but that's how they She, like, flash an ankle somewhere. Yeah. Oh, God! Harlot! (laughs) (laughs) She was hanged. She, unfortunately, maintained her innocence and was hanged on June 10th on Gallows Hill. Really sad. Cotton Mather, this guy, is coming back. Uh, he can't escape. He like finally kind of comes to his senses, okay. and he goes and he asks the uh, special court of Oyer and Terminer to throw out spectral evidence. Okay. So this is anything that like really can't be proven on like a physical plane. Yeah. So this is like dreams and premonitions mm-hmm. and like they visited me in a vision. Yes, exactly. Like, okay. Um, but he was promptly denied. Okay. So July nineteenth, five more people hanged. August. 19th, five more people hanged, and September 22nd, eight more people hanged. Wow. Okay. So then on October 3rd, Increase Mather. It's October 3rd. <laughs> he asked me what, what day, day it was. was. Uh, he went to the special court of Oyer and Terminer and also asked them to renounce spectral evidence. Increase and Cotton had a little change of heart. Yeah. I guess they Increase saw tardy people increased. die. Did you hear it me? It grew that? three sizes that <laughs> it day. It increased three sizes. <laughs> um, and he has this like quote, which is kind of ironic because he was one of like the big players in starting it. But yeah. he was like, "It were better that ten suspected witches should escape than one innocent person be condemned." Yeah, yeah, buddy. You should have thought of that before, Mister Increase. So Governor Phipps is like, "No, keep the spectral evidence." And then his wife got brought in, and he <laughs> was like, "Just kidding, just kidding." Actually, he was like, "I'm dissolving the special court of Oyer and Terminer, and I'm replacing it with the superior court of judicature, and they allow no spectral evidence." How so. convenient that timing, though. Anyway, under the superior court of judicature. 56 were accused, and only three were condemned. Okay. Which is like... And from those that were condemned, did all three die? I, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, this is like kind of towards the end yeah, of the yeah, trial, yeah, so I would think down. that maybe they're just putting them in jail. Yeah, until then they eventually release them. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about the trials, because I know you're going to get a little deeper in depth with some of those people. So yes. So let's talk about like 
the trials themselves. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that would happen after a person was condemned was a physical examination. Mm -hmm. So this literally involved stripping them down naked and looking for any moles or birthmarks. They were like, come on and strip that down for me. Exactly. Baby. Except then they were like, a freckle? That's She's where the witch. devil drink your yes, blood. That, like, come on. Any imperfection on the skin was like the mark, like a witch's mark or whatever. Imagine having like a zit that day and they're yeah. like, it's a third nipple. I know. It's the nipple sucks from like, <laughs> But that's like actually what they thought. They were like, they, I, I know. It's like, why? It's just, they I, were so come delusional. on, use your brain. I know, I know, I know. And then they had this like series of scientific tests, which were admissible in the court okay. to see if they were a witch. So the one that everyone knows about is the water test mm-hmm. where they would tie up a, a woman or a okay. man and throw them into like a lake or whatever. And if they floated, they were a witch and then they were condemned and, and sentenced to death. But then if they drowned, oh no, they actually they were a witch. They were a witch and too bad. So, so either sad. way you die, there's yeah. literally no winning. Um but the theory, the like thought process behind this is that witches were never baptized and therefore water would reject them and that's why they would float. There are just so many things wrong I, with this. I'm like flabbergasted. I know. Then they had something called a touch test, which would happen in court, like in front of a live audience, usually. Ooh. Povich vibes. Yes. And it's this is this is what pisses me off. So if one of the afflicted girls in court started having a fit and like mm-hmm. acting a fool, mm-hmm. it was it said that like the curse would stop if the witch touched them. Okay. So they would go over and they'd like force the witch to touch them. Yeah. And then if they miraculously stopped having this fit, then the witch was accused. There sometimes. are way too many just like super specific rules that they like that made they up go on the back on too. Yeah. It's wild. And then the final test that I came across were these things called witch cakes. <laughs> this <laughs> one's gross. Yeah, this <laughs> one's repulsive. Um, they would make like this <laughs> cake batter with. Um, cake batter <laughs> it was literally piss and like flour and like rye and urine yes and um then they would feed it to a village dog mm-hmm. and if the dog like started having a fit then the person that pissed in the cake was a witch mm-hmm. and they believed that like the dog would like identify the witch. So if like a dog like looked at you too long, yes. you could be accused as a witch. And there was also when I we did a tour um of Salem when we were in Salem and they do say that it was either like the the urine of the witch or it's like they would have like the victim, like so one of the afflicted girls pee in the cake, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then they would bake it and they would give it to a dog. And then the dog, if the dog ate it, he would start acting like the witch that cursed said person and that's how they would figure out who the witch was and if the dog saw it and didn't eat it decided not to eat the the piss cake then they then they were just okay i guess like you're actually not afflicted by a witch but those dogs be hungry. i am speechless i'm like who came up with this who how came up with this stupid were people come on like who man. was the first person to suggest that they're like just hear me out like <laughs> Like, I I actually have nothing to say on the matter, so I'm going to move on. Let's. Um, 
the, the during the trials, the afflicted girls like literally went bad shit yeah. in the courtroom. They would fake fevers by like working themselves up into a tizzy, and then they'd like bite themselves beforehand. And while the witch was like on the stand, they'd be like, "Look, this bite mark just appeared on my arm." That's so unbelievable. Come on, like let's let's do a little pizzazz. You I know. know. Um, nineteen people had been hanged on Gallows Hill, and then if you were accused and not executed, you would be homeless. But here's the thing is that all but two of the executed were never given a proper burial and they were buried in like random spots in like a potter's field okay. around Salem and on Gallows Hill. Aw. Tragic. Sad. Yeah. After the witch trials came to an end, which basically came with like um, a stronger government, which yeah. thank God, uh, a lot of the like main players confessed they were like, oh, we, we screwed up. Sorry. Yeah. We were just kind of, yeah, saying that. Or they were in we were a silly, goofy that way. mood. Yeah, exactly. The ultimate silly, goofy mood. And in 1702, trials were, the witch trials were considered unlawful. And then in 1711, um, there was an act that was passed that, like, cleared the names of all okay. those accused and those executed. Good. And then, uh, just a fun, fun. Quote, unquote, fun. Quote, unquote, fun. Uh, pop culture references. Obviously, the Crucible was written. Crucible. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Was, I'm, I'm just like no. I'm sorry. Through and through. I didn't. I didn't mean to be Crucible. <laughs> well, you, do you know what a Crucible way. is? No. It's like it's like this little mini pot that you use in, in like chemistry. <laughs> this is the difference because I like know it because like it's like a play and you know it because Crucible is like some sort of like sciency. <laughs> So I saw that. I was like, yeah, The Crucible. A Tale of Two Genders. Anyway, The Crucible well. is a uh, play written based around mm-hmm. the events of the Salem Witch Trials, and it's actually a commentary on the Red Scare, which mm-hmm. was like uh, the big wave of fear of communism mm-hmm. that went through the U.S. in like the 50s and 60s. Um, and then Ellie Wiesel, who is a very famous Holocaust survivor and mm-hmm. author, in 1992, dedicated the Witch Trials Memorial in Salem, Massachusetts. Wow, I didn't know he did that. He is incredible. I read the, his book, Night. Night. Yeah. And that's a book that will stick with me for the rest of my life. I, that's, like, one of the only books that, like, actually changed the way I, like, looked at yeah. things. And it made me cry. And yeah. my mom walked down to me sobbing at the kitchen counter reading that book it's so sad it's it is like it's heartbreaking oh it really is um but he had a had a hand in dedicating the witch trials memorial which i guess there's some parallels there definitely absolutely yeah trials which is so sad but um that that still was able to happen like hundreds of years later Mm -hmm. but uh, if you're interested in reading like the court transcripts yeah because they're they're still all in like available online and the, all of the original court documents are still housed in the courthouse in yeah Salem. they're very well kept and cared for which is they don't want any wild. of us to get forgotten in history which good, is nice which is good yeah we don't history is doomed to repeat itself if we do not learn from it so wise words thank you all right anyway so sam yes take us through some of the more in-depth into some of these names that we've now heard. Okay, so we've talked about the OG accusers, Mi- Little Miss uh, 
Elizabeth Paris and Abigail Williams. We've talked about the original three witches, which who were Tituba, Sarah Good, and Sarah Osborne. I want to go and talk to you a little bit about uh, Giles Corey. He's the one who got pressed to death. Oh. And he, I think that we all know the story of him getting pressed to death, right? The famous, he, uh, he famously said, like, his last words were, more weight, like, to keep, like, do you remember that? Oh, my gosh. So yeah, that was, like, yeah, like, so they were like, oh, any last words? Like, as he was getting the rocks piled on them, he was like, more weight, which is kind of, like, a pretty mic drop moment. Yeah. Like, because he was like, put on more weight, because I think, in I reality, he just wanted to be, like, dead. He didn't, yeah. But, but, but it, the way, it was like, inspirational in a way. Yeah. You know? So, like, Aww, he was a fighter until the end. But... So I always felt very sorry for him. And, like, I'm not saying we shouldn't feel sorry for him because it's tragic how he died. But he maybe was not quite as... You'll see why I had a little bit of beef with him as I was researching him. I actually think I know You definitely why. know why. So I didn't know this until I read it today. Like they did I not, also found this I was today. in Salem for however many days, like, doing all those tours. They did not mention this once. So, basically, Giles, before he himself was... Uh, convicted or even accused of witchcraft his wife was accused of witchcraft and it was his third wife martha because his two previous wives had died so martha is accused of witchcraft on march 19th so about a month almost pretty much a month into the the, the trials right yeah um for some reason giles chose to testify against his wife in court <laughs> and on, and man. say yeah she is a witch sir <laughs> I thought that was so rude. That and is like, so honestly, rude. and it's like, then how can you really be that mad when someone goes and does the exact same thing to you? Yeah. You did it to your wife. Like you're literally just basically sentencing your, your wife to death. Yeah. Um. Then he changed his mind and he tried to recant. Oh, I wonder why. And that made people so suspicious of him because they're like, okay, like, okay, now he's lying in court. Like, what does he have to hide? Exactly a month after his wife is arrested, Giles Corey is accused of witchcraft, and there's a warrant out for his arrest. So. What goes around comes around. Sorry, now, Giles. Yeah. And um, Giles was accused by Anne Hobbs during her own confession to witchcraft. You know, okay. she's like, oh, yeah, I did it. But also Giles Corey did it just to kind of, you know, get out of it. Um, and John Putnam Jr. also accused him. But he did it on behalf of a squad of young girls being Anne Putnam Mar- Marcy Lewis, Abigail Williams. Are we sensing a pattern Maybe of the a same bit. couple of troublemakers? Yeah, the same couple of little bitches. Yes, yeah. and the de- and and of course, like all the adults in their lives were like that are enabling. Yeah, them. absolutely, kind of like pushing them to do it, like using yeah. them as their pawns. I think. yes, because I mean, at the end of the day, like yeah, it's horrible that they did it, but they were kids. Like the adults should have been the ones stopping this, but they were like, yeah, like do it, do it. So, Anne Putnam was eleven years old. Like I don't think I was even a person. At no. <laughs> We were watching Camp Rock at 11 years old. Like, oh, God. I don't know. So, Giles Corey was kind of like a, per- a perfect scapegoat for them because he had led a little bit of a scandalous life uh, previously. In fact, in 1675, Giles Corey killed a farm worker oh. named Jacob Goodall, and then he was found guilty of the murder, and he was ordered to pay a fine, I guess, Are back in the day. Kidding? Isn't that funny that it's like... He, not funny, but, like, he killed someone and had to pay a fine, and then he was accused of witchcraft and got killed for it. Like, what? Make it make sense. I, their, that's what I'm saying, is, like, their priorities... I know. 
We're so screwed up. And what's going to make you a little bit sad is that Giles was actually 80 when he died. Oh my he God. was an old man, like a very old man. Isn't that sad? Like it wasn't kind of sad. Um, and the pressing, like the the slow pressing death, took like two days to happen. Like two it, days. Yeah. So it wasn't like they like did it over a couple. Like it took two days because they would put rocks on them and they would like leave and like people would, like you know mill around, go to their job and stuff, and then come back to see the progress. So this is yeah. I don't know if you know the answer to this question. Uh huh. How did they like make sure that he didn't like throw the rocks off himself? I don't know the answer, but if I had to guess using my extensive knowledge of <laughs> Salem history, just kidding, I don't have much knowledge, but I'm going to assume they like probably did a, a, a good amount of rocks first uh, to keep him down. You know okay, what I mean? But yeah. would not kill him and then slowly added them. That's what I would guess. Yeah. And also the sheriff um, was there the entire time. Oh, okay. You know, keeping watch. Who we're actually going to talk about the sheriff now. So you were talking about a sheriff named Corwin before. Now we're talking about his son, George Corwin, because the Corwins had been the sheriffs of Salem for years and years, and they would be continue to be the sheriffs of Salem for years and years afterwards, too. Okay. It's like a little bit of a dynasty, but Oof. a bad one. Yeah. Because all of these Corwins were, at least George Corwin was not a good person. Jonathan Corwin wasn't either. Yeah, well, he gets it from his daddy. So he was the high sheriff of Essex County, Massachusetts during the witch trials, um, he, just like his father, would sign warrants for arrest. Um, he would, you know, okay executions. And he was also responsible for choosing the ex- execution site for the 19 innocent people who were hanged. So you got George Corwin to thank for that. Um, he also obviously was the person who presided over the death of Giles Corey. And actually, while Giles was dying, um, there's a story we don't know if it's true but there's a story that the sheriff took his cane and put Giles Corey's mouth or sorry his tongue back into his mouth right before he died I don't know I just thought it was like sad yes I heard yeah yeah so he was a really really not a good guy and he would also like illegally seize people's land after they were accused of witchcraft so they so he would arrest them and then, like, immediately after, he would take their land. And, like, obviously, that was his... Hmm, I wonder if there was any ulterior yeah, motive. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. So, he actually died at age 30 of a heart attack, which is super interesting. People think that it was um, the spirit of, like, Giles Corey coming back Good. to take him with him. I hope it was. Mm-hmm. And his burial was delayed because there was a Salem resident named Philip English... And you might recognize his name because he was accused during the witch trials. And he was someone who had had his property seized by the sheriff, George Corwin. So Corwin's dead. Philip comes up. He's like, uh, yeah, I was one of the people who was accused and he took my property. I'm not going to let you bury this body until I've been reimbursed for the property that he took from me. King. So they eventually did reimburse him. And he's like, okay, whatever. You can bury the body. I just thought that was so interesting. (laughs) I love Philip English. Yeah. A petty king. Except not even petty, because, like... He's rightfully Yes, good. exactly. So, um... The witchcraft mania, I guess, the hysteria, all ended after the Massachusetts governor, after his wife, 
was accused of witchcraft. Right when that happened, all of a sudden he was like, okay, you know what? No, it's over. We're done. It's over. So <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Just like the other the other judge that the judge in power whose wife got accused and then he was like, oh just kidding. It yeah. seems like these men only started to care when it was their loved one. Their women. Yeah, being accused. So interesting. Um kind of romantic if you think about yeah, it. Yeah. Get you a man who will stop the Salem witch trials for you. <laughs> Take the words out They of don't make them like that anymore, do they? <laughs> Um, okay, so now I'm going to shift, as long as you don't have anything else to add, we're going to shift into the five main theories of what happened here. I'm so excited for this. I didn't, I purposefully really did not look up anything because I, you're going to be super interested by these, I think. This is, yes, I'm very excited. So I want to start off by proposing a scenario to you. And it was in a TED Ed video that I watched. Um, about the Sibling Witch Trials. It was super interesting. So this is a direct quote, okay? Picture this. You've been accused of a crime you didn't commit. It's impossible to prove your innocence. If you insist that you're innocent anyway, you'll likely be found guilty and executed. But if you confess and apologize and implicate others for good measure, you'll go free. Do you give a false confession or risk a public hanging? So this is something to think about. Personally, I would give a false confession. I also, I don't know if I would, I would point others out, but like. Yeah, I know. But, but at the same time, it's like, I want to be like, oh, like those people are horrible for like, for like pointing others out. But it's also like at the same time, like self-preservation is like a human instinct, right? Self-preservation and not to be like super morbid about this, but like you should, if you're a woman in that time. Yeah. Or even a man, because Mm -hmm. you know, there were men accused too. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're realizing that, hey, maybe this might come around yeah. to me. You should be picking up the pattern that the people that are confessing to witchcraft are being set free. Yes. So you should have a plan in mind. If you're accused, what you're why do. not accuse your accuser back? I know. I know. Because that would be the only person that I would be like... Feel okay accusing. Because yeah. if you're exactly. going to come after me, then I'm I come don't after you. feel bad coming Exactly. Because you. you started it. Exactly. You know? Um, okay, so let's, so that was just, I thought, a really interesting thing to think about as we talk about all these theories. Um, but before I get into the theories, I used a website called ToSalem, T-O, Salem.com, and they provided so many interesting theories, and, like, it goes deep into a bunch of the theories, so I used that, if anyone wants to look into that. Okay, hold on, because this is actually a good time for me to say my sources as yes. well. I used an article from the Smithsonian, uh-huh. which was really, really interesting, one from National Geographic, mm-hmm. and then I did listen to a couple of podcasts on it. My main one, my main source, was the Morbid Podcast. It's episode 23. Go mm-hmm. check them out. They're incredible. Uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners... Have heard of them, I'm sure, have yeah. heard of them, overlap with their listeners, but they really are uh, very, very good and do a very thorough, deep dive on the Salem Witch Trials. Mm-hmm. But without further ado... Please give us your theories. All right. So one of the theories is that it was actual witchcraft. Hmm. And when I say that, I don't mean like these people were like casting spells or anything, but the people of Salem were very straight laced, boring, dare I say it. Like they, they had a way of life and anyone who veered off of it, they could consider that witchcraft. So Tichiba, you know, living her life, doing her own thing. 
they would consider what she did witchcraft, even though, you know, ridiculous. It's not, but to them that was witchcraft. And um so like the whole thing with like the witch cakes and how people were claiming um to like have like the devil's book and stuff like these were all things that were considered witchcraft and that made you know the witch cakes really did happen stuff like that like some of the girls like really did like go out into the woods at night and like try to cause mischief and they considered that witchcraft but it wasn't does that make sense like so basically that whole theory is just saying like yeah like there was stuff going on but it wasn't and they consider that witchcraft like nowadays we wouldn't yeah i guess that does make sense yeah I, i feel like our definition of witchcraft nowadays is very different yes. than like but back, back then, then it's like anything that wasn't the puritan culture was could be considered like the work of the devil you know that's, yeah so very close that's one of them i don't i mean it's not as much of a theory as the other ones it's just basically saying like they were so strict that like anything was witchcraft it's a good explanation <laughs> yeah okay so what would you rate that theory out of 10 that that is what caused the witch trials I would give it a 6.2 out of 10. I like that. Because I think that it's very realistic. Mm-hmm. And I think that it takes into account like the historical climate of the time. Yes. Um, It's just a little bit boring. Exactly. I want a little bit more pizzazz. It's too obvious. Yes. yes. All right. Well, if you want some pizzazz, we're going to get into the next one. Mental illness. Okay. So this one is, I think, could be... Fairly likely. Um, I'm not sure if I'm fully sold, but it definitely could be part of it. So the girls who were being afflicted by the quote-unquote witchcraft did claim that they had many different symptoms, such as convulsions, hallucinations, even barking. (laughs) Barking. Um, (laughs) And there are several mental illnesses and diseases that could maybe begin to explain these symptoms. So for starters, there's a theory that there was an outbreak in encephalitis lethargica, which is a disease that is characterized by high fever, headaches, behavioral changes, shaking, double vision, delayed physical and mental response, and lethargy. So, probably not a fun disease Lethargy? Yeah. I'm getting you back for Crucible right now. Oh my god, I'm so... Wait, what? Lethargy. What? Isn't it not? Lethargic? Lethargy? Yeah, but lethargy. lethargy... Just let me look it up. Oh my god, I'm gonna be so embarrassed. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, wait, wait, hold on, I'm nervous. I'm gonna be so embarrassed. Okay, wait, ready? Moment of truth. Lethargy. No! (laughs) Lethargy? It's okay, my facetious will never be, it will never, nothing will ever be as bad as when I thought it was facetious. So, okay, so you do not want to have encephalitis lethargica because you will have all these symptoms, including lethargy. That's like one of those words that I guess I've always read and I've never yeah no one ever out. no one that's like, like not a popular word to yeah say because out you loud. say like oh you're lethargic not you yeah. have lethargy you have lethargy <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start using that all the time now <laughs> and also in acute cases patients can even enter a coma so this disease was no joke oh brother it's spread by insects and birds and people believe that maybe a doctor was called to treat the girls and shocker the doctor was like i don't know because like they didn't have the tools for this 
So he was like, it must be witchcraft. It's supernatural. Yeah. You know, so. What would you do if you like went to your doctor with a common cold and he was like, the devil's possessing you? I'd be like, honestly, that makes so much sense. (laughs) (laughs) I'd get Ed Lorraine Ward on the phone. I'd be like, y'all trying to make a seance for me? (laughs) Y'all want to make a conjuring four? I'd be like, I got to work from home tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I have the devil. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. So... Um, Emerson Baker, who is a a history professor at Salem State University, believes that although some of the girls were most likely faking their symptoms, it's unlikely that they all were. Some of them probably believed that they were being affected by witchcraft because of a mass conversion disorder, aka mass hysteria, or mass psychogenic illness. So now we're moving away from acephalitis lethargica into a different disease, and it's basically mass hysteria. So mass hysteria is defined as the rapid spread of illness, signs, and symptoms affecting members of a cohesive group originating from a nervous system disturbance involving excitation, loss, or alteration of function, whereby physical complaints that are exhibited unconsciously have no corresponding organic cause. So this is like literally... Exactly. I was just sort of what happened. Like maybe one or two girls did have some sort of, um, you know, like like maybe one of them did have encephalitis lethargica. One or two or three, and then like the power of suggestion. Like the brain is so powerful. Like hypochondria. Yes, and I was just like, I've had times where like, if I think. If like like especially when COVID was like I was just about like when it was in full swing, it's like I would like not go outside, like literally not be anywhere. But like I would like touch a package and then I'd be like, oh my god, like I feel like I can't smell. You know what I mean? Like I have COVID. Like it's so easy to convince yourself that you're having the symptoms that you're not having. There was definitely a little bit of mass hysteria with COVID because I would I convinced myself like several times that I had COVID. Yeah. And then every single I time, and then when you actually had it, you were like, it's "Oh my exactly. god!" Exactly. And yeah, then like, I was like, "I actually had it, and I had like a little bit of a stuffy uh-huh. nose." And I was like, "And I always have a stuffy yeah. nose." And I was like, "There's literally no way I have it." And then I tested, and I was positive. And, and I was like, like "Oh my god!" When I actually got it, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I can't believe I thought like this. Like I could not smell or taste anything. I was like, "This is what it's like." Like this yeah. is the real, the real deal. The real deal. So it's not surprising that, especially for these little bored girls who have nothing to do, like they're not really allowed to do much like play or anything yeah they're sitting and studying their Bible. yeah so i mean yeah I, I can totally see there being some sort of mass hysteria oh absolutely so mental illness being uh, a contributing factor what do you rate that out of 10 for likeliness for likeliness mm-hmm. or how much i like the theory both likeliness i'm gonna go like an 8.7 okay and how much i like the theory i'll go like a 7.4 okay I'm going to go 10 for how much I like it. I think it, like, is so interesting if the entire, if, like, there were really no physical symptoms and it was all mental. I think that'd be super interesting. I, yeah. And it just goes to show how powerful the brain is. Yeah. I guess you're right. Um, And it would also be really interesting if it was, like, multiple diseases or illnesses sort of, like, like playing off each other. Um, And then I I also think I would give this, like, an 8 for believability because I do think... Even if it wasn't, like, a specific mental illness, I think that there was mass hysteria. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's a good one. Or, good one. That's an interesting one, I should say. I also think it's a very valid theory. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this next one is super popular. You actually might have heard of it, but 
it's actually been more or less disproven. Oh, so really? keep that in mind. Ooh. And it is poisoning. Huh. So there is a professor named Linda Caporell who theorized that ergotism is to blame for the bizarre behavior and hallucinations of the witch trial girls. Ergotism is defined as poisoning produced by eating food affected by ergot, typically resulting in headache, vomiting, diarrhea, and gangrene of the fingers and toes. Ew. It's actually caused by the consumption of ergot. So when people eat um, infected bread or rye, whatever has the ergot in it, um, and the ergot itself is like a fungus. So mm-hmm. when you eat it, it releases a chemical that's similar to LSD oh, and gosh. can cause hallucinations, muscle contractions, convulsions, and multiple issues with internal organs. This reminds me of the theory with the Jersey Devil. Yeah. That it was like a hallucination caused by bad breath. Yes. I wonder if it was ergotism then. So, I'll tell you why it's not in a second, but let me convince you even further real quick. Ergotism thrives in weather conditions that are similar to the ones of the Puritans in 1692. Um, As we know, it was very cold. That's where ergotism thrives. Um, and also rye was a staple crop of Salemites at the time and rye is where ergotism grows most of the time. So you'd think like case closed, right? Yeah. Like obviously this is it, but unfortunately the theory has some very big gaps. So before you get too convinced, let me just tell you the biggest issue people have with their ergotism theory and like the symptoms of ergotism. So ergotism itself like, I, you know, I told you all the weird things that it causes before. Yeah. So, it causes gangrene, vomiting, diarrhea, and alteration to skin color, in addition to the ones Ooh. that I said before. None of which were present in um, the girls of the Salem Witch Trials. But, like, how do we know that? Because I, I, there was such... They were so good at keeping, like, notes records. and your records of this. Okay. So, I mean, honestly, that's a good point. Like, there easily could have been people doing that, but there's just not... It sort of seems like the people who believe in this theory pick and choose which symptoms of ergotism are um, in the girl. So, like, look, like, she... Yeah, so... But, no, but I do see what you're saying. Um, And it seems like, like I said, like, the people of the ergotism theory just kind of are like, oh, this symptom kind of fits with, like, what the girls were feeling. But then it's like, their skin didn't change color, so, like, we're not going to mention that part, you know? Um, And also, ergotism thrives in places that are deprived of vitamin A, but apparently Salem had, like, a ton of vitamin A. I don't know how or why, but, like, it did. So that's another huh. reason that ergotism probably wasn't the cause. So also, the most susceptible to ergotism symptoms were those who were under 10. But most of the accusers of the witch trials were teens. And there was no huge outbreak among children. So that leads people to believe ergotism wasn't the cause. Okay. And it's also super toxic to animals, yet none of the animals were, like, dying even though, assumedly, they would be also eating the infected rye. Huh. Yeah, so they're... Okay. This one, like, I'm not convinced that it wasn't this, but I'm not convinced that it was. Yeah. You know? I'm giving this one a 5.2 for believability. Okay, agreed, actually. And I'm giving f- how much I like the yeah. theory, like a 9.1. Yeah, it's a cool theory, right? Yeah. It would be really cool. Um. All right, so this next one is... What caused the Salem Witch Trials? Poverty. Salem in 1692 was insanely unstable. Daily life was rough for most people. 
And the people of Salem were constantly fighting and attacking and getting attacked by First Nation peoples. Um, like we said, they had every right to be attacking the Salem people because they stole they Violently land. Violently stole their land, yes. yes. But um, I guess the people of Salem felt like they always had to be on high alert. They were very high strung. And there was also a Little Ice Age going on. That's literally what it's called, Little Ice Age. Yes. Um, and it was making harvests particularly light that year, which did not help with economic and lots of poverty issues. Mary-Kate, do you want to talk a little bit about the Little Ice Age? I actually do. So yes. I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm a civil engineer. I have a degree in civil engineering, but my minor was in sustainability. And so... A lot of people don't know that there is like a lot of overlap between environmental stuff and civil engineering, Mm -hmm. but um, that was like my specialty was sustainability. So I had to take like a climate class um, and it's just, it's so interesting because that's like a totally natural thing to happen. But obviously when we think of the ice age, we think of like total like glacial sheets covering the earth, but these climatal variations they do happen mm-hmm. at, like once every few centuries okay. and like that's so funny to think that the Salem like uh, not to say like modern day but like modern enough that we're learning about it in like US history yeah. and, like we have names and records from yeah. it we're going through an ice age yeah. and these like climatal variations like that this is it's kind of like what people who are climate change deniers yeah like, used to justify the reason that the reason that the earth is getting hotter and it is part of the reason that the earth is getting hotter but it's not the full reason it is not the full reason and there's a lot of anthropogenic reasons that we're getting hotter but i do love this theory and this was the one going into it that i like knew a little bit about just Mm -hmm. because like i knew that there was an ice age around this time this that's it's so fascinating to me it's, it's crazy. It is really crazy to think. Like, I think of woolly mammoths when I think of the Ice Age, but no, there were people. Where all the, where all the Sid the Sloth at? the Sloth girl's at. <laughs> Squirrel. What's the squirrel's name? Squonk or something? Scrat. Scrooty. So poverty, you know, the little Ice Age is going on. Attacks are happening. But more than any of these issues... The biggest issue at the time was poverty. Um, the conflict of rich versus poor is a huge contributing factor to the witch trials. Like you said, Mary-Kate, there is a Salem village and a Salem town. The people who were wealthy were in Salem village. The people who were not wealthy were in Salem town. Um, and most of the stuff that we associate with the Salem witch trials were actually centered in Salem village. Like That's where a lot of it took place. I, just, I might have said this earlier, so I'm just going to okay. cover my bases. Salem Town is where the people who are richer lived, and then Salem Village is where the poor members um, of the community lived, and they were taxed a lot, and they, you know, didn't lead the best lives. I feel bad for them. Um, So there was definitely a divide there. And um, eventually the poor Salem Village decided that it wasn't its own church because it didn't want to really be associated as much with Salem Town. Because they're like, oh, Salem Town is materialistic. Like, they're not as godly as us because they have more money. Oh, yes. Um, so there was definitely some sort of, like, weird divide there. Um, so there was, all, yeah, so there's poverty and, like, all these, like, weird little issues going on. Um, that's kind of, like, I guess oh, the overarching theory is that it was poverty. What are your thoughts on that one? 
Um, because that one had like it encompasses a lot of different I, theories, mini theories. Yes, I think that this one is like a good basis for the theory, but I don't think poverty alone is to blame for the Absolutely. Salem witch yeah. trials because we see like poverty now, now, yeah, and there aren't like witch hunts to this extent. Yeah, and it's like the context. It's it's. I think the poverty is important context, but it didn't exactly. It. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's still interesting to note. Okay, Mary Kate, our fifth and final theory is, I think, probably the most likely um, biggest contributing factor. Because you know, I think mental illness is part of it. I think that um, the, you know, the Puritan way of life is part of it. But I think that at the end of the day, it comes down to rivalries yes i agree so a big theory is that the witch trials were almost completely caused by social disputes particularly between two families and the two main offenders the two main male offenders were thomas putnam and samuel paris oh i'm sure and we talked about both of them we're going to go into a little more detail so let's start with this if anyone had something to gain from the witch hysteria, it was Thomas Putnam. The Putnam family was one of the two main rich families of Salem, and the other main family is the Porter family. So the Putnams and the Porters had a big rivalry because they were the two big top dogs of the community. When the accusations first began, Thomas Putnam and his wife and his daughter Anne Putnam immediately accused multiple members of the Porter family of being witches. Coincidentally, there was a law at the time that stated that if you were convicted of witchcraft, your land doesn't follow normal familial lineage procedures and would actually be put back on the market. So isn't it convenient that this would leave the rich Putnams to be able to snatch up the land that used to belong to the Porters and then become richer? So, like, if we get rid of the porters, we can snatch up their land and be double wealthy. I despise the Putnams. Yeah. So, that's, I think, a huge part of it. And, of course, they were some of the first people to point the finger. Um, how do we get more land? Oh, I know. Yeah, how do we double our land? Let's ruin... Have no competition. Because no one else was rich. Lives, yeah. And kill 20 more. And then we'll have more money. Like... More land. Talk about... I don't even know. So, Green. they were not good people. Um, and then, honestly, once they have double the land, double their foothold, they basically are taking control of like, the entire region because they have so much land and so much money. So, yeah. Uh, Thomas Putnam was the leader of that family, so he was kind of the head of the operation, Thomas as the theory goes. Um... Then we also have Reverend Samuel Paris. He was another huge player in this, um, who also was a big part of like the different weird rivalries that were going on in Salem at the time. So, uh, Reverend Sam- Samuel Paris uh, tried being a farmer in Barbados when he was younger. He failed miserably at that, so he decided that he was going to become a minister in Boston. And he failed at that too. So then he finally moved to Salem Village, which was the poorer area of Salem, to set up their new church. Shocker, he is not good at this either. Shock. And he actually starts fighting the village over how much he wants to be paid. Um, He spends church money on his own luxuries, and he gets super buddy-buddy with the Putnams. Like, the Putnams 
were uh, Reverend Paris's uh, biggest supporters. So, shocker, Reverend Paris and his daughter and his niece and his slave, Tichaba, are the first ones to cry witchcraft, which technically Tichaba really wasn't calling witchcraft. She was just backed into a corner. Yeah. And, like, had to choose between, like, death and, you know, like, like putting the blame on someone yeah, else. Yeah, Tichaba was the uh, arguably one of the biggest victims in the Yeah, school. absolutely. So, um, but that being said, you know, Samuel Paris, isn't it convenient that he's best buddies with the Putnams and he is also one of the first people to point the point the finger at other people. So it's like the Paris family and the Putnam family are really like the top dogs at this kind of like instructing everyone, you know, who to blame, which daughter should say which thing, which niece should say who, you know, was a witch, that type of thing. Way too many people with power. (laughs) And many historians believe that the Putnam family and the Paris family took advantage of this mass hysteria by accusing people that they disapproved of or wanted revenge against. Shocking. Um, And people do think that Thomas Putnam solicited the help of Samuel Paris in his cause. So they were like in it together. Um, And Paris also used uh, his sermons every Sunday to fuel the fires of, you know, witchcraft and the hysteria. Oh, I'm sure. Well, if you have like two prominent figures like that, it's they they're gonna do some damage if they want. Yes, and I'm not saying it was just them single handedly causing it, but I think that they had these a good two hand. these two were huge players, and then I think that like the whole rivalry between the Putnams and the Porters, and like all the different like m- like mini rivalries between like neighbor against neighbor. I think that that is pretty much what causes, and then it turned into a mass hysteria thing. After oh, that. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So once I would say, they saw people getting executed. Yeah, that becomes real all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, um, and then of course Paris becomes one of the main prosecutors on the trial because he just can't keep himself out of everyone's business. Shocking. Um, And people think that he kind of just like, he he obviously wanted to feel important and in control and like he was like in charge of the town, you know? Yeah. Big guy in town, whatever. He was obviously compensating for something. Yeah, he obviously was. He's pathetic. He's pathetic. They... Him, Thomas Putnam, all the little girl accusers that were getting coerced into this. Yeah. Come on now. I know. So, and he also, Paris testified against, like, nine different people. And he was the court stenographer for, like, a bunch of the different examinations. Are you kidding me? I'm like... So he had way too much time on his hands. He, he's really got his... Got a hobby, sweetie. What is the... What is the... (laughs) What is the expression he's got his, like, hand in too many... Bowls too many, yeah. He's got, yeah, yeah. His hand is too, his finger in too many pots. Oh, no, I don't think that's right. His <laughs> hand in too many bowls. It's something it's like, like that. Something like that. Let me look it up real quick. The expression that we were looking for was finger in too many pies. He's got his finger in too many pies. <laughs> he did. It's like choose one, and I don't know. He'd wait too much time on his hand. So his hand in too many bowls. <laughs> his hand in too many bowls. I thought that. I honestly thought that. I like that better than finger in too many pies. It's like yeah, that's disturbing. ruining a pie. Yeah. I know, that poor pie. Yeah, that's another huge theory. Um, and also another quote from the TED Ed video, um, I thought it was very, like, the perfect way to sum everything up. It said, paranoia about the supernatural, misdirected relig- religious fervor, and the justice system that valued repentance over the truth. That's sort of, like, what caused the Salem Witch Trials. 
It's a cautionary tale to the dangers of group thinking and scapegoating. And that part reminded me, I just kind of wanted to end it off, if it's okay with you. Yes. With, um, when we were in the Witch Museum in Salem, like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, um, there was a section at the very end and it was like saying like, what are some modern day witch hunts? And it was so interesting because we went in like March or April 2021. No, it was like we were wearing our masks everywhere. We yeah, were mostly yeah. outside. But um, it was like so interesting because it was like that this was a time where people were the witch hunt. They were like, oh, you know, like coronavirus like it came from china all this stuff and people oh, were yeah. villainizing asian people in general it was oh, yeah. it was horrible Horrific. they were scapegoating they were being racist and the, and everyone on our tour i remember was saying like wow it's like we're kind of like living through something similar yeah. where it's like you like you yeah i just thought it was so interesting and you like, gave me covid you brought it over yes. here yeah and then i was also thinking like the aids epidemic like oh they scapegoating yes. gay people and they were like oh like it's only gay men who get it which obviously isn't true no so i just thought there are so many examples of like witch hunts that have happened in the last like 50 ish years it's crazy that we let this keep happening I know. Like, this kind of thing keep happening because here we are and we're looking back on this and we're like god that's horrible 300 years later and we're like how could i do that use your critical thinking yeah. skills but like here we are and it, so doing the this same stuff thing. happens like all the time yeah. now still but just in a different a different context yeah and with a different group of people so so this is your psa right now Use your critical thinking skills. Yes. Don't be mean. Choose kindness, you know? Choose kindness. Just because someone is different from you does not mean that they are wrong. Or practicing witchcraft. Yeah, or practice. And honestly, <laughs> even if they're practicing witchcraft, go off. Who cares? Go off, queen. Let them live their lives. Exactly. Mind your own business. Exactly. I think that's the, the moral of today's episode. Is mind your mind own business. Your business. Stay in your own lane. Worry about yourself. If you're going to accuse someone, it's going to come around and back and bite you in the butt. Around and back and bite you in the butt. Exactly. Yeah, I think that the Salem witch trials are. The perfect cautionary tale. Exactly. They're so fascinating. I do too. Which is why I'm glad that we're doing a mini-series on this. Because we are not done with Salem, baby. We're coming back. And we're going to talk about some of the different locations in Salem. And the different haunts that you find there. Because clearly, this is there are so a many. breeding ground. There are so many. And if you have any suggestions for Salem sites, we've already got... A couple. Three. Yeah. But let us know if you guys have any. Send us a DM. Text Please, us. Yeah. And, or not text us, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, shoot you us a text. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Instagram DM us. Keep following our Instagram. We've gotten We've gotten a good amount of followers. Yeah, I know. We also, on Facebook, we have too. We yes. Were just about that. Please keep we've following like, us on Facebook. Do you think we can get to 100 Facebook followers by our next episode? I think that we already reached 100. Oh, we did? Yeah, I think so. I think we're at 97. I think that we're already at 100. I think we reached 100 today. Sweet. But, uh,. Keep following our Instagram. Keep liking our Facebook page. Keep following our Twitter. We've been getting a decent amount of traction on Twitter, too. Uh, let's see. You can email us at east.coast.haunts at gmail.com. Again, if you feel so inclined, please subscribe to our mm-hmm. Patreon. But if you are 
not in the mood or, you don't know. Don't have the money. Just, exactly. Just drop us a like, drop us a follow, and we will appreciate you forever. If you like us, please review us on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Even That's if you huge. don't like us, review us. We want to yeah. know. Yeah, we want the honesty, and we want to know what we can improve on, so. But, like, don't be too honest. Don't be, don't be mean. <laughs> we, have, we have feelings. All right, well, uh. That's it for today. I think we're off to watch a horror movie Ooh. for our Patreon series. What could so, it be? Anyway, we'll talk to you guys soon for the rest of our Salem mini-series. And until next time, we are just two ghouls. Creeping it real. Bye. Bye.